So uh, let me quickly first introduce myself. My name is Christopher Kroom. Uh, just a little background about me so you know who I am. Um, I do technically own a small LLC, but it's really a website. So I don't know if it counts in the grand scheme of things. But uh, that being said, uh, my background is as a theologian. That is, that is what I do. Um, I have a bachelor's and master of, uh, in the science of religion, a master of arts in biblical exposition, and I'm a PhD student in moral theology. That is my background. Um, so that's what I'm going to speak to. And what I really want to do here is I want to start my timer because that is the thing that makes the most sense for me, or else I'll, uh, I'll get myself in trouble. So I, I want to differentiate myself a little bit first um, from the other speakers, not because I think that it's bad. I think what we heard here is good, and what we heard here is needed to be heard. But what I want to do is I want to shift the momentum a little bit because what we've heard primarily is public, what we need to do with the public, what we need to do with politicians, policies. But my goal here, and Bob gave me the task of, he didn't tell me I was going to follow this kind of fire, but uh, <laughs> what we've turned into is that uh, I've, I've got to follow it with an idea of what do we do privately? How do we talk to other people? How do we talk to the people who aren't politically knowledgeable, the people who don't do the research, the people who don't stand in like these, uh, these ladies came and did and gave us this information. How do we interact with people who have fallen into and been deceived by what's going on? Because it's not just a matter of what's going on with COVID. It's not just a matter of vaccination. It's a matter of quite a few political storms at all the same time. And people do not take the time to reason. One of the biggest things I say with Cross and Culture and my group is that God made us in his image and therefore we share attributes with him. And one of those is reason. One of those things is logic. One of those things is the ability to discern. So what I want to do here is I want to dive a little bit into with uh, just a little bit of time to talk about the private context. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to skip through a little bit of this. So if I'm moving fast, I apologize. But I think at the end of the day, uh, you're going to understand what it is that I want to do. So what I'm going to do here is uh, my goal this morning, like I said, is to help you understand how to engage in private conversations with people who hold vastly different positions than you. Um, I want to give you the principles that you can learn and use and the rational behind them. I want to help you interact with those people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to quickly read this passage. And I think everyone can hear me. I hope so, because if not, my public speaking uh, professor is going to have a problem with me. So I'm going to make sure that I start here. And if you happen to have an electronic Bible or an actual Bible, that's great. If not, you can listen along and I'll read it as soon as these pages get unstuck. But uh, I'm looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm going to read verses 19 through 23. And the word of God says this, For though I'm free from all people, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might gain more. To the Jews I became as a Jew, so that I might gain Jews. To those who were under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being under the law myself, so that I might gain those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, I became as one without the law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I might gain those who are without the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might gain the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that I may by all means save some. I do all things for the sake of the gospel, so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. You know, at heart, like I said, I am a... I'm an ethicist and an exegete, so i got to tell you the context of the passage. 
I'm just not going to get around it. So what's going on here is Paul's talking about his use of liberty as in the role of an apostle. That's primarily what's happening here. So I don't want anyone to think I'm misusing the text. However, there are principles that are tremendous for us to take away from it and explore. Now, when I first talked to Dom and Dom said, hey, you got to talk to Bob. This, this thing's happening and we want you to be a part of it. I talked to Bob probably for almost an hour, I think, uh, some, somewhere in that nature. And uh, I didn't exactly know if it was a fit for me. Like I said, I don't particularly own a business. I don't know if a website really counts, uh, even though there's some, some business behind it. But as I looked through it and Bob explained to me the, the faith-driven concept behind what's happening here, I feel like I had something I could offer. So like I mentioned, um, we've had a few looks into the public plight. And um, for those who love God and country, what's happening here is a problem. However, there's another side, like I said. How do we interact with these people daily? How do we talk to the people who hold this at the core of their being for right or wrong reasons? How do we interact with them? When Paul makes a defense of his apostleship and the right he has to earn a material support from the flock that he's been diligently laboring over, the letter moves on to an incredible statement, which I've already read. And he says, I'm free from all men, but... I have made myself a slave to all. So how is Paul free? Is Paul a man who's free to sin? Is he free to live however he feels he can? No, Paul rejects that idea. Paul rejects the idea that he's so free he can live to sin. However, so what does he mean? The word he used here, he points to a position of a nobleman, someone of high admiration. This is a word that caught everyone's attention when he said that he was free. In the original language, he leads the sentence with that word. Why? He wants to catch their attention. He's not telling people he lived lawlessly among those without a law, but as far as he could, without crossing ethical boundaries and expelling a virtuous life in submission to Christ, Paul was incredibly flexible to observe certain customs and laws, short of falling into paganism. To the weak who had doubts and scruples, he accommodated and empathized. There are others here who are represented that are those that are in the faith. Those who are weak are said to be those who are in the faith with scruples and doubts and difficulties of understanding. Paul wanted to win everyone he could. Paul was so flexible that Paul allowed himself to accommodate communities and cultures and practices short of sin. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, Short of falling into sin and cultural paganism, what are we willing to do to engage the culture, false religions, and strengthen our brothers and sisters? As a follower of Christ, that's the question you have to ask yourself. There's no getting around it. So how does what we see apply today? Well, that's really the, really the heart of the matter, isn't it? We've got so many issues going on in our culture, it's hard to keep up with sometimes, right? It's hard to turn on the news. It's hard to watch what's happening. It's hard to see what's happening to the country and listen to people argue and bicker and go back and forth about these things that we don't even see each other as human anymore. But it's happening in the church, too. There are people who name the name of Christ that also are on the other side of certain arguments. Now, just, a, just about a month ago, uh, through Larry Sandulos, I gave a seminar talking about social justice versus God's justice. A comparison, a contrast, definitions, highlights, a little bit of debate, right? 
it was pretty well received. And people wanted to go into different discussions about prominent things happening in our nature and speak in our culture and speak intelligently to them. And I don't blame them for that. The mistake that is so often made that Paul does not make in the text is that we tend to stick our fingers in our ear and scream when we disagree. I'm not here this morning to tell you that one thing is correct and the other is not. I'm not here to invalidate any points that were made because they're great points and I'm, I'm on par with practically everything that was said here. That's not my point. My point is how do you engage in conversation with people who are so fully entrenched in a position that a basic conversation doesn't change their mind? Has anyone in this room ever gotten in an argument in social media? Just a quick show of hands, anyone? All right, same, same guys with your hands up. Anyone ever want them? You ever change anybody's mind? No. Doesn't happen on social media. Why? Because social media doesn't allow you the face-to-face interaction and skill set and use of your skill set to interact with people to change minds. So how do you do that? Well, let's look at Paul's approach. He said to the Jews, he becomes a Jew. To the Gentiles, he becomes a Gentile. To the weak, to the, he becomes weak. Without overstepping the law, his goal was to come down to the level of each person he was ministering to. So what does that look like for us today? I want to give you three principles, just three, that we can use. And I almost promise you, because I don't like to always use that word, I almost promise you that if you engage in these three principles, as you have discussions with other people, you will take your conversations farther than you ever have before. And as every person here has said today, what it takes is people coming together to stand up when something wrong is happening. And so the more people, the more common people we can get in that cause, the stronger the cause is. Agree? Now, before I share these principles with you, I guess it's a pre-principle, but uh, I want to share something with you. In every conversation, every time, even the ones you know where you're talking to someone and they're completely wrong and off the rails, you have a partner in dialogue. Every conversation has a partner. So when I refer to the word partner here, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a pre-principle, we'll call it a presupposition. Principle one, and it comes from the book of Proverbs 18, verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 13. The first principle is understanding your dialogue partner. The proverb says that a man who gives an answer before he hears it or understands it is subjecting himself to potential shame and folly. Why is that? Because you can't correctly answer what you don't correctly understand. We might think that we understand someone else's point of view. My point is not, is it right or wrong? Are they right or wrong? The question is, do you understand it as they understand it? Because that's the foundation to every conversation you have. Do you understand them, even if they're wrong? Don't caricaturize someone else's argument. These are basic logic rules, really. Did I tell you I dabble in philosophy? <laughs> it's like, but the, the point of that is that as, as I, I'm not telling you that a conversation is agreeing with people's positions. Talking to someone and hearing what they have to say is not an agreement with them. It is, it is just the common courtesy of listening to a dialogue partner. Important. Listening is an art form. It's been primarily thrown away thanks to social media. But I want to ask you, how many times in your life have you talked to an older child or a spouse? You had a 
bit of a squabble, we'll call it. And it ends in anger because as you're trying to work out the problem, the other party says, you didn't listen to me. You don't understand what I was saying. Now, if you think they're crazy, that's fine. But did you understand the crazy? (laughs) Did you pick up on it? It's important to do that because you have to understand what the person is actually trying to say. So be quick to listen and slow to speak. Understand your partner's point of view. My second principle, Proverbs 15, or 18, 15, sorry. The second principle is ask questions. This might seem really simple, but when you speak, when you finally speak after listening for a long time, I recommend you use this second principle of asking questions. Before you respond and enter into debate, ask questions. Don't interrupt, don't distract, give them full attention, and then ask questions. The principle is critical when it comes to discussions like we're talking about today, because everyone needs to be working on the same principles. Proverbs 18.15 provides us with a powerful reminder that the person who knows most is often the one who knows there's always something to learn. Something the better to understand. An attitude of inspection goes a long way to ensure that you are standing on the same footing as your partner and push the conversation forward. Ask questions about definitions. Ask questions about concepts. Ask questions about how they came to the conclusion that they did. Ask questions about how alternative ideas go with or against their position. Why? Because what you're doing is building a response based on the clarification you're receiving from each person. In college, they might call it the Socratic method, but since we're among brothers and sisters, I'm going to call it the Christus method. Also because throughout the Gospels, Jesus is always asking questions of people, constantly. Maybe a quick little one that you might remember is, uh, he asked, but let me say this first. He asked the kind of questions that force the conversation partner to compare their understanding to well-established sayings. Think about Luke 6. This is a popular one. The Pharisees accused Jesus of doing unlawful work on the Sabbath, and just as a reminder, Jesus was healing the sick. Doesn't seem super controversial, Uh, but they didn't like it. He responds by asking, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or destroy it? He puts them face to face with reality. Here are the sick and weak among you. Should I ignore them? I mean, if you give the wrong, if you give any answer in public, Pharisees can only give the wrong answer here. Asking good analytical questions like a good lawyer would do. We just heard from a good lawyer. It's going to force people to come face to face with reality and facing reality is my definition of humility. Humility is understanding reality as it is. Yourself, the situation, the person you're talking to. It's another human being. What's happened during all this whole pandemic and people's half their faces being covered in all these different things, we forgot that there are humans on the other side of the discussion. Now, I'm not talking about the politicians. I'm not sure what they are. I'm talking about your regular, everyday people. People like us. People like you might work with, you might employ. Vendors, suppliers, customers. They're all people with different points of views and they didn't come to them all rationally or reasonably. And I'm sure everyone in this room has a few that we came to probably not quite the right way. Traditions, we might call them. No rational reason behind them, it's just what we've always done. And upon further inspection, we might even go, you know what? Yeah, might try something new this year. Third principle, Proverbs 
This principle is get to and stay on the point. After some exchange and questions and clarifying someone's understanding, the third principle is to get to and stay on the point. This moment in time is where you challenge their presupposition with a counterpoint. I'm sure you can understand staying on point. Proverbs 10:19 says that sin is unavoidable where there are many words, but he who restrains his lips is wise. There's several reasons this is important, and I'm getting to a close, so I don't know. Uh, let me check and see where we are with time or if I've exceeded it. Yeah, I've exceeded it. Okay. I'm right there at the end. Give me a second, Bob. Uh, first, consider what your words that your words are worth what you are. Jesus was clear that it was not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out. Your purpose is not just to share the gospel message, but the wisdom of God with the world around you. We've had for a long time a country founded on Christian principles. I can go into a reformation and talk about how a constitution comes through and certain things happened in one country and we brought them over to another one and created founding principles. I think other people have alluded to it. But the fact of the matter is that this whole entire nation survived under Christian morality, essentially. Laws are based on those things that we see in Ten Commandments. So first, you have to understand that your purpose is not just to share the gospel message, but the wisdom of God. And many times people will be accepting of that godly wisdom before they accept the gospel. That wisdom of God. Did I mention that we're all made in the image of God? I don't want to start a whole sermon here, but there is a law within every man's heart written onto his heart, which is connected to the eternal moral law of God. This is why men who don't follow, they're in jungles. They know it's wrong to steal. That's why there are people who don't live in certain societies, but they know it's wrong to kill. They hide when they kill. It's their natural instinct. Why did Adam and Eve hide? Natural instinct. They disobeyed God. It's a natural instinct. We're made that way. And so a lot of times that law in man is a precursor to drawing them to the gospel message. God uses that. If they're edifying and thoughtful, your dialogue, you'll have an opportunity to edify your partners. If your conversation and your points are trivial and superfluous, you'll push people away. You'll push them further away from your point. So you've got to get to a point, a counterpoint, and avoid the distractions. I'll give you a quick example of it. When we talk about abortion, we say it's wrong to kill babies in the womb. Everyone here agree? Amen, right? But what do people do as a counterpoint? Well, what about cases of rape and incest? They want to make a rule for the whole based on part. That's not how things are done. First, let's discuss the big picture. Then I'll talk to you about this guy over here. Don't get distracted. You want to be precise with your wording. You want to influence people how to think about what is good. You want to point your responses and table anything that will draw you away from the point that is wise, and that's the wisest thing you can do. Conforming to these principles allow you to be flexible and work within people's scruples, fears, doubts, questions, misunderstandings, inconsistencies, and all for the sake of exporting divine wisdom to the deceived. If you recall back to the original text, Paul ends our examined passage by saying, I become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Some of us work really hard to discipline ourselves in our professional businesses. A lot of people work hard to discipline themselves in exercise and diet. Others discipline themselves financially or maybe in some form of art. Paul says that many discipline themselves to run in a race to receive a prize. Yet how many of us today 
discipline ourselves intellectually and rhetorically. How many of us work to improve our ability to understand, ask, and respond? These are meant to be principles in all of your life and in every relationship you have. And if you commit to these in all your dealings with people, you'll find your conversations move further. They're less full of vitriol. They're more natural. And you might even find success in changing someone's mind. But it takes patience. And on the other hand, you yourself might get edified as well. Don't let the culture drag you into being emotional. Be thoughtful, be patient, be precise, be critical, be direct. But above all, be someone who builds bridges wherever you can. Wow, each one of our speakers have been absolutely